So, remember that Abraham and Sarai before, well, Abram and Sarai, they were Abram and Sarai, they decided they had the right idea for how they were going to make God's promise happen. And Sarai was like, here, Abram, take my handmaiden Hagar and have a baby with her. And Abram was like, okay. And then God was like, you fools. Right? And then he said, actually, you guys are going to have a baby. That was the whole point that it was impossible. And then he gave them the sign of circumcision. He also, I didn't mention this last time, but he also gave them new names. He called Abram, Abraham. And he called Sarai, Sarah. Yeah. We'll get there eventually. We're not there yet. You're right. You're remembering a different story about Abram and his son. So his son hasn't been born yet, but God told him, you're going to have a son. So then one day, so then one day, God, it's the same Abraham, yep. So then one day, God appeared to Abram. Three men, or what looked like three men, came walking up to Abram's house, Abraham's house. Or his tent. He didn't have a house like we do. He had a tent and he could move it around when he needed to move around. So they came up to his tent and Abraham saw them and he welcomed them because it was really important to people back then to welcome strangers, to give them a meal. And so he said, oh, you know, you guys come on and in and, and uh, sit down and we'll get you something to eat and something to drink. And so he, he had Sarah go and make some bread and he had his, he went and got a, a calf. It's like a young cow. Sometimes some people think that like a young cow is like the tastiest kind of cow. So he got a young cow and he, he killed it and prepared it. And he took some cheese curds and some milk and the calf and the bread. And he put it before these guys. Yeah, it says curds and milk. That's what curds means. Unless it's slightly different, but it's, I mean, it wouldn't be exactly the same as with, like, Wisconsin cheese curds, and it wasn't, like, fried cheese curds, but it's... I like fried I love fried... What are you talking about? Yeah, you do. I have... You're crazy. I, I hate fried cheese curds. Cheese... When we go to a restaurant and I order cheese curds and you dip it in ranch and eat it, that's a fried cheese curd. You can also get non-fried cheese curds. Like, when we go to Eau Claire and we stop at one of those creameries on the way, because there's, like, yeah, three good ones, those are good, too but those are not fried. A fried cheese curd is when they take one of those curds and then they batter it and then they deep fry it. I like the fried Well, yes, it's delicious. I mean, they fry it and it's melty. It's a hunk of cheese, man. Yeah. It's going to be good. And like melted cheese is always better than non-melted cheese. I don't entirely know why that is, but it's definitely true. So, yeah. So anyway... So he made a really big feast, didn't he? He took, a, he took a whole cow and prepared it and bread and milk and curds. Like, this is a really nice meal, right? And he had them sit down and Abram actually, Abraham, sorry, Abraham, he served them while they ate and they were talking. So the, the men said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, well, she's in the tent. And now it says something interesting. The Lord said and this is the when it says the lord in this it means yahweh remember god's name yahweh so one of these three men was jesus yahweh true god he said 
I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. So this is not a new promise, right? God keeps telling them this, but now it's getting specific. Before, he was like, you'll be a great nation, and that implied he would have a son, right? And then Abraham was like, well, maybe you mean Eliezer. And God's like, no, I don't mean Eliezer. I mean your son. And then Abraham was like, well, maybe you mean if Hagar and I have a son. And God's like, no, I don't mean that son Ishmael that you had with Hagar. I mean your own son that you and Sarah will have together. But he still hasn't told him when. What were you saying, Anastasia? Abram, Abram and Sarah, sure, yeah. So now he tells him when, this time next year. So Sarah, who was in the tent, she was listening. And when she heard this, she laughed. Why do you think she laughed, Samara? Because she can't have the baby. Yeah, at this point, Sarah is like 90 years old. She has never been able to have a baby now, God has been promising them that they're going to have a baby for like 24 years, and it still hasn't happened. And she is really old now, like 90 years. Like, that's like, what, like 20 years older than grandma? But for them, it's not Uh, well, Abraham lived a really long time. He did live to be 175. And Sarah lived pretty long, but even so, 90 is Pretty old, okay? Even if you want to do that equivalent, it would still, it'd kind of be like a little bit younger than grandma and grandpa. Do you think grandma and grandpa even 10 years ago were having a baby? No. No, I mean, remember, when we met Sarah, when she was called Sarai, she was 66 years old. And already at that time, even though um, she was still like healthy and strong and everything, and apparently very good looking because Pharaoh wanted to take her to be his wife, even at that time, not only had she been unable to have a child when she was younger, but she was too old to have a child anymore. Like we talked about how after women get to be a certain age, they, they can't have babies anymore. Even when a man is older, like Abraham, it's still possible for the man uh, with a different woman to have a child, like Abraham did with Hagar. There was something miraculous about that. But... Sarai, there, there's like two reasons. It's doubly impossible why Sarah can't have a child. Now they've been waiting for a long time. So she laughs, not like, ha, 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 that's so nice, but like, yeah, right. That's the kind of laugh. She doesn't believe it. And she says to herself, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, meaning Abraham, am I going to have pleasure? Meaning, am I going to have this child that I've been hoping to have? So... Yahweh, Jesus, he said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? But he wasn't by Sarah. How did he know Sarah laughed? Because he he's God. Yeah, he said, why did Sarah laugh? And uh, he said, is anything too hard for the Lord? He's like, you've got to realize who it is that's promising you this. Nothing's too hard for God. If I say it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Sarah said, I did not laugh because she was afraid. And he said, God said, no, but you did laugh. And then he uh, cut off her head. No. Just kidding. He didn't do that. I know. Okay, and then he told her to write on the board at school, I will not laugh at God 100 times. <laughs> did he do that? No. That you, no. You, you, did, you did that from 
from what? Oh yeah, teachers um, do that. Yeah, like in some of blue book of stories. Not <laughs> yeah, who did who did Mr. Al make do that? Um, well, it was when Greg made him drunk. So he, he oh no when he when he no he didn't make him drunk. Greg drugged his teacher with <laughs> sleeping pills. Yeah, yeah, and then he made what did he make him write on the board? I don't think it was don't talk back. Did he make him write? Yeah, I will. I Okay. All right. So, anyway, after that, the two of the three men left. So it said there were three men. Now we found out at least one of these guys isn't actually a man. Like, later, Jesus is going to become a man, but he's not yet. At least not from our perspective, right? Like, this is, he's just taking the shape of a man. So we don't know yet if the other two people are really men or if they just look like men, but they go on and they walk down toward the city of Sodom. And Abraham went with them to set them on their way. And the Lord, Jesus said to himself, am I going to hide what I'm about to do from Abraham since he is my friend? Since I've shown him everything I'm going to do? And we'll talk about what that is uh, in a second here. But this is just important, the way that God is speaking about Abraham. He, he thinks of Abraham as a friend that he would tell everything to because he's made him this promise and because Abraham trusts in him. So he tells Abraham that he is planning to destroy the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the reason he's going to do that is, he says, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave. And what that means is that the people of those cities are doing terribly wicked things, and when they do those terribly wicked things, people are crying out to God about the wicked things that those cities are doing. So if they hurt someone, then those people are crying out about that wicked thing. And maybe in, in, in asking why God doesn't do something about it. And uh, maybe the angels are, are crying out to God about the wicked things that Sodom and Gomorrah do. And of course, God knows himself. But it's important that he, that he says this because it shows that he's paying attention to the prayers of his people. Like when bad things happen in this world, he wants us to pray to him and cry out to him about the bad things and the evil things that are happening, and he listens. And he's saying, you know, I've been waiting. I've been patient with them. And they haven't stopped, and they haven't repented, and so I'm going to destroy them. So Abraham prays to God, and he says to God basically this, God, you are a righteous God and a just God. So that means that it wouldn't be like you to destroy righteous people along with wicked people. He's saying, I know that there are a lot of wicked people in Sodom and Gomorrah, but what if there are still some righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah too? Will you still destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, the whole towns, if there are 50 righteous people there? And God says, nope. If there are 50 there, I won't destroy it. So Abraham says, he says, Lord, don't be angry. Let me pray again. He says, I'm only, I'm only dust and ashes. I don't deserve to ask anything from you. But, but Lord, you're the judge of all the earth. Won't you do what is right? What if there are 40? I said 50 before, but what if there are only 40 there? And God says, I won't destroy it if there are 40. And Abraham keeps going like this. He says, what if there are 30? And God says, I won't destroy it if there are 30. And Abraham says, oh, what if there are 20? And God says, I won't destroy it if there are 20. And Abraham says, oh, Lord, I, I am but dust and ashes. I don't deserve to speak to you. But let, let me pray only this one more time. What if there are 10? And God says, I won't destroy it if there are 10. 
He says, I will spare the whole place for the sake of 10 righteous people. And when he had finished speaking, he went his way. And Abraham went back to his tent. So Abraham is showing us a really good example of what prayer is. Why do you think Abraham cares so much about those cities of Sodom and Gomorrah asking God like this? Because you could tell Abraham is kind of afraid. We'll talk about that in a second. He's a little bit sort of afraid of what he's asking God to do. He keeps saying, oh, Lord, I don't deserve to ask anything. I'm but dust and ashes. Please don't be angry with me. Why do you think he cares so much about Sodom and Gomorrah, Samara? Uh, well, he is hoping that some of them do. That's why he says, what if there are 10 righteous people? We're going to find out in a little bit that there are not 10 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah. What, Samara? So, um, not even 10. Abraham He was talking with him face to face. Now, it wasn't like he, it was God took on some kind of form so that he looked like a man. He was standing, Abraham was standing there talking with him like, like, like you would talk to another person. Wasn't his like, no, so like before Jesus became a man when he was born, before that, he was only a spirit, but he could take a physical shape if he wanted to. And sometimes he did. And here he did. I also did like, did, um, when Abraham lived, did we see one of the believers back then? Did who see one of the believers? Me. We? Yeah. We weren't there. But we're uh, grandma and grandpa's. No, this is so long ago. Go, but the great... Thousands great, of years ago. But a great, 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 No, I... No, no, Samara, no, Samara, we couldn't know that. We don't know who our that many great greats are. are. But like, it's so long ago. We don't have records. We don't have pictures. We don't have stories about them. Right, we know that we know that Noah is one of our ancestors, yeah. and we know that at least one of his sons, Japheth, is one of our ancestors. But there's all kinds of mixing and everything. Who knows? Okay. But everyone comes from. Adam everyone comes from Adam and from Eve, and then also everyone comes from Noah and his wife. Yeah. We know, I don't think we know her name, Noah's wife. I know. I don't know. Adam. Anyway, so yeah, there weren't even ten righteous people there. We'll talk about that next time. And by righteous, what he means is somebody who believes in God, and because they believe in God, they, they try to do what's right. But the important part about righteous, and we'll talk about next time, is that they believe in God's promise. If it was nine, would he do it? He said, he said if there were ten there, he wouldn't destroy the city. But we'll talk about next time how many there were. So Abraham is praying. He cares a lot about the city. And one of the reasons that he does is not, there's two reasons. One, he cares about who God is. You can tell when he prays. He keeps praying, God, you are a righteous God. You are a gracious God. You would not destroy this city. You, you, it wouldn't be like you to destroy righteous people in order to punish the wicked people. So he cared about the nature of God, and that was the basis of his prayer. The other reason he cared about the city, and probably the reason why he hoped maybe there were 10 righteous people there, is because... His nephew, Lot. Do you remember Lot? Yeah. Lot lived in those towns, or in one of those towns now. Before, he had settled near those towns. Now he lived in those towns. Lot was a believer. 
And Abraham is probably hoping that Lot has told other people about God and that there are other believers there now. And he's hoping that God won't destroy Lot. So he's really praying for Lot and for anybody else and maybe Lot's family. We'll talk about them next time. So Abraham's a really good example of prayer because he is persistent. He keeps praying and he prays for what he knows God himself would do. So when we pray, we can take what we know to be true about God in the Bible, what he tells us about himself and what he does and what he promises. We can pray for those things and we can use that for any situation. We can pray to God like that. What if there was nine? Uh, if there was only nine people, then God would still destroy the city. Except... Uh, I don't think Earthworm Sally enters into this story. No, Daddy, put my hand right. on my tummy. Let's do, our, let's do our catechism. The third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Say that. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise his word or the preaching of it, but regard God's word as holy. Say that. But regard God's word as holy and gladly hear and learn it. And Say this. And gladly hear and learn it. Okay. Gladly hear and learn it. Okay. But, uh, so we do not witchcraft. That was the second commandment from last week. Witchcraft. Witchcraft. <laughs> or satanic arts. Witchcraft. It's yeah. witchcraft. Well, they're the kind of the same thing. They're both bad. Witchcraft. Let's sing a couple verses of our hymn. Jesus, thy blood and righteousness. My beauty are my glorious dress. Midst flaming worlds in these arrayed, with joy shall I lift up my head. Bold shall I stand in that great day, cleansed and redeemed, no debt to pay. Fully absolved through these I am, from sin and fear, from guilt and shame. Lord, I believe we're sinners more than sands upon the ocean shore. Thou hast for all a ransom made, for all a full atonement paid.